Back to a normal recording time. Welcome to Hand of Pod. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 196 of Hand of Pod. I'm Sam Kelly, and I'm joined this week on a Wednesday night for the first time in what feels like quite some time by Andres Bruckner. Hello, how are you? Very good, Andres. How are you? Fine, fine, thanks. Oh. I, I thought it would be raining because, uh, as, I've, as far as I'm concerned, uh, uh, most of the times I, I came here, since you are moved, have moved to Almagro, uh, it rained more times than it was not raining. Yeah, it's um, it's been a wet couple of months, but spring seems to be starting now. Yeah. Went out in my t-shirt and a pair of jeans today, and I felt, I think, by the weekend, I think I'm going to be in shorts. It's going to be very nice. Um, getting back to that time of year where you fall in love with Buenos Aires all over again. We are sponsored, before we go any further, we should mention this, by the Argentina Independent, who are a fine source of English language news, current affairs, Photographic essays, historical articles, and all kinds of other interesting stuff. Um, and you can read them for free in English from, sorry, from Argentina and from across Latin America. Uh, not just Argentina, in spite of the name. You can read them for free in English uh, on argentinaindependent.com or follow them on Twitter at Argentina Indy. That's Argentina I N D Y. Thank you very much to them for their support by way of alcohol. Um, and we raise a glass to them as I say that. We're going to get stuck in straight away with the scores from last weekend in the Primera, but before I read them out, and also to fill up time while the webpage loads, because I've only just remembered about it, um, we should mention that the match that we are choosing to watch whilst recording tonight is Arsenal de Sarandí against Independiente in the Copa Sudamericana playoffs, because Argentine sides enter the Sudamericana this uh, week. We will get onto that in more detail in a little while. It's also not the only match that's taking place, but it is the one we're watching. Um, which round have we just had? Round 21, haven't we? Yes. And the matches went as follows. Atletico de Rafaela got a 1-1 draw at home to Newell's Old Boys. Banfield beat Gimnasia y Escrima La Plata 1-0, also at home. Um, on Saturday, Olimpo 0, Quilmes 1. Racing 2, Arsenal 1. Colón 0, Vélez Sarsfield 0. San Martín de San Juan 1, Independiente 1, Argentinos Juniors 2, San Lorenzo 3. For the most part, that match was less thrilling than the scoreline suggests, but it was interesting at the end. Uh, Crucero del Norte 0, Nueva Chicago 1, Rosario Central 3, Belgrano de Córdoba 1, Huracán 0, Lanús 0, Tigre 2, Unión 1, deep breath, Boca Juniors 2, Godoy Cruz 0, Estudiantes 2, River Plate 1, Defensius Ticia 4, Aldo Civi 0, and Tempele 0, Sarmiento 0. Any matches that really stood out for you this weekend, Andres? Any scorelines? Uh, well, uh, of course, San Lorenzo against Ar- Argentinos, uh, you mentioned it a bit. Uh, it was changing in terms of how San Lorenzo was easily winning, then Argentinos 
called the equalizer and in a point they, they almost uh, reached I won't say the victory but they were surrounding the, the San Lorenzo box not Torrico box because there was something that happened about his yeah uh, San Lorenzo goalkeeper Sebastián Torrico was it his son? Uh, his daughter his daughter uh, died on Saturday morning? Uh, no uh, it, I think it was uh, a bit after the match but he w- it was a uh, she was in a bad Almost way. dying, that, but that, but the point of the, that when the match was 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 uh, being played and, and the Becky was the, the goalkeeper that uh, replaced him for that match. Yeah. Um, um, well, he was of course uh, car- taking care of his daughter, uh, not taking care, but uh, trying to to see her get better and what that that did happen. Mm. That's why he he w- he w- he couldn't uh, uh, be the goalkeeper for this this match. Yeah, lots of Argentine footballers were uh, tweeting, Instagramming, and whatnot their uh, sympathy to um, Sebastián Torrico yeah. over the weekend. And obviously, Hand of Pod uh, offers our own very small voice to that. Not that he's going to ever become aware of it, but still, um, our thoughts are with him and his family. Um, the match itself was one that San Lorenzo largely controlled, really. They were 2 0 up at half time, looking good value for it. They continued to be looking good value for it going up right up until about the last quarter of an hour and then uh, Ezequiel Ham who is we've mentioned on Hand of Pop before because he's got an amazing name um, and Ezequiel Garay both Ezequiels is that that yeah. isn't it um, scored two goals in fairly quick succession to make it 2-2 with five minutes to go before Nestor Rodigosa the former Argentinos midfielder um, scored the winning penalty and as a result got roundly booed off by Argentinos fans he said after the match that he didn't realise that they were so ungrateful um, and that uh, he didn't celebrate the goal and he, he still uh, treasured his time at Argentinos but um, it made him very sad the way that he got received there uh, but San Lorenzo for the second week running forced to dig deep by a team that they were expected to fairly comfortably beat because of course the previous week they got a narrow win over Crucero del Norte um, but they remained joint top of the table Yes, they, they suffer they uh, perhaps get some difficulties to win the matches, but they w- they win. Uh, same thing happens with Boca, or, and and they of course uh, made the the leadership uh, safe because uh, it was as as it was thought before, as it was I think previewed by by yourself. <laughs> uh, Boca achieved a, 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 an easy victory because of the, the result, but not us easier as easy uh, the same uh, way because of the of the of the match itself because no, particularly uh, the first half were yes Guillermo Sara uh, uh, another thing about goalkeepers uh, Guillermo Sara uh, had to take control of the goal because as we know uh, Orion was suspended um, and he, he made a bit of some some mistakes that could have ended in goal and they, they, they didn't, but uh, uh, yes, the Cruz was far better in the, in the first half. They had three or four uh, clear, clear goal opportunities. At that, well, lack of accuracy made them pay after that. Mm. Uh, with Boca uh, having a melee header, with were the very, very good header, yes. it must be said. Um, from was it Tevez who took the free? Yes, Tevez. So Carlos Tevez set one up 
and then scored one in the second half. About halfway through the second half, he, he scored from the penalty spot um, to secure Bocca's win, which means that Bocca and San Lorenzo, as Andres says, are joint top of the table. On the same weekend as River Plate suffered a defeat for the second week running, which is um, not a sensation that River experienced many times, well, if at all, this year. Um, yes, I, I read the, that this uh, didn't happen to River. Uh, the last time it happened to them was uh, 18 months before. Mm. So it was one, one year and a half had to uh, be one, one year and a half to for River to win, to, to get two defeats in, in a row. Yeah, um, they were one up at half-time away to Estudiantes uh, with a fantastic goal from Lucho Gonzalez, his first since returning to the club, I think. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Um, but Estudiantes equalised against the run of play, turned it into the second half through Ezequiel Cerruti, also a fantastic goal, it has to be said, straight into the top corner from well outside the, the box. The, the other top corner at the same goal. Yes, yeah. Um, and then Sebastián Domínguez took advantage of some rather lax marking from a free kick. It was from a free kick, wasn't it? Yeah, well, uh, yes, yes, it was a free Because, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought I remembered it being, but it said on one of the... Uh, uh, now that Max you mentioned it, that it was from open now that you mention it, I don't remember if it was a goal kick, a corner kick or a free kick. Well, it, yeah, was, a, it, was, a, it was a dead ball anyway. Um, yeah. And, uh, yes, and, and scored what proved to be the winner. Um, Estudiantes were... Pretty good in the second half. Um, Gaston Fernandez returning for Estudiantes and, and man of the match. Yeah, and running the attack, he, he played very well uh, against his former club. Lucas Alario got sent off late on for River, um, and ultimately, I think that that hands what little initiative River had in the title race. Because as we said last week, I think San Lorenzo are the, the favourites anyway, given that the run-in pitches River and Boca against each other. But really, it means now that River. Um, have gone from hoping for a league title at the end of the year to add to the Sudamericana and the Libertadores um, to pretty, I mean for the moment at least it would seem like the limit of their ambition is going to be preventing Boca from winning the title, right? Yes, they have to, 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 to of course to uh, play against them uh, San Lorenzo have to play against Boca too and I think that by that point we will know for sure whether there will be a clear candidate or whether they, they will continue there uh, sharing the, the leadership. Um, Obviously, uh, there's, there's a long way to go still, but I just kind of... River has still, well, not that they are, uh, they have the same, of course, chance, chances of, as before uh, losing uh, to, to Estudiantes, but they have uh, another, they have the, the pending match against uh, Defensive Justicia, mm. which I think it will be played uh, next week, the uh, 2nd oh, of it? September, I think. Okay. Uh, and uh, well, they have to play Boca and San Lorenzo, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, River have played San Lorenzo. Uh, sorry. Um, and River have have the, the sort of easiest or the kindest run in, as I, I think we said before. But I'm just finding it hard to see both Boca and San Lorenzo dropping enough points, given that even if River win their game in hand um, away to defence Justicia, they're still going to be six points behind the leaders now um, yes, three they, points they should, might have been catchable but six is they should uh, 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 wait, uh, they should expect a, a, a draw between Boca and San Lorenzo and then they would River win uh, all of the matches mm. yes it will be very very difficult now and apart from that I think Gallardo uh, I don't know when 
I don't remember exactly when he said that, but he clearly said that priorities will be set on Copa Sudamericana and the World Cup club. Uh, so now it's no surprise, and and even rotating the players, the 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 the, the, the lineups because they I think the Japan travel the, that uh, crazy match against the Gamba Osaka. Uh, were more a, a, an, an obstacle than something good for, for players, at, 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 mm. at least. Of course, a, a, an economy of re, a, for the economy was good because it was, I think they earned $700,000 uh, for, for only for playing that match and winning it, but uh, then the players suffered it, uh, that travel a lot. 30 hours only to play that game, then coming back and four days after playing against uh, San Martin and San Juan. Well, and now Gallardo have uh, g given a, a three days license or well, a, a week of license for first, first Mercado Sanchez and uh, I don't remember the other one. Um, yes. Mora, I think who was a... Well, Mora has, was uh, able is to play carrying back. a yes. slight knock, I think. They've talked about him coming back from injury at the moment, but they, he's Gachado seems to be planning to rotate yes. three players out of the team um, each match to try and give everybody a little bit of a rest. Yes. Um, and this weekend is going to be the turn of Maidana Barovero and uh, Mangioni, was it? Yes. Yeah. Um, although Barovero might actually play, they're saying because he's a goalkeeper, I suppose. Arsenal have just scored, by the way. Thirty-one minutes gone, and they're one 0 up against Independiente. It would be hilarious if Arsenal reached the non-playoff stage of the Sudamericana wouldn't it but there's a long way to go yeah um, so that's River I think it's a bit of a shame that they're not prioritising the league a bit more I think with some clever rotation and given that they're not coming into the Sudamericana until you know the, the last 16 stage um, and then it doesn't get oh that's a fantastic hit as well from who is that well, I don't can't catch the number on his back <clears throat> and I can't see his face but that's a brilliant Chest up yes. and volley into the top. Similar wow. to, to Lucho González' goal with the other yeah. Lertora. They I've follow former Godi Cruz. I'm going to have to just type that onto Twitter even though I'm not actually tweeting this match. Yes. Um, which I'll do in a second and not have the computer right uh, next to the microphone. I know. This, this of Gachardo, this thing uh, that rotating players and we will see with it upon the time uh, when time goes by if he was right or not, but uh, this happens when he had secured a two years renewal contract. Uh, he has renewed that contract for uh, until the the end of the Gashardo, uh, Donofrio uh, presidents, uh, that is by December of 2017. <coughs> and that's good news for River, because yes. yeah. River gets to continue the project which uh, Gashardo has, has put down a few requirements for yes. and, and finishing with him because uh, we are talking a lot, a lot about River I think but it deserved, deserved uh, he not only will take care of football because he, he asked a pair of things uh, or, or he uh, not asked he, he put those things as condition to, to renew the contract I think uh, to improve the fields, not only the Monumental, the, the, the 
where in we were training just, sessions. Yeah, as training well, yeah. sessions and to and also the dressers. Uh, well, a pair of improvements turning uh, according to to the the river, the the club, not it, itself, and uh, uh, and the system of in which the the youth divisions will play. The, that the, he wants the youth divisions to play like the Primera, so that that this is something simple, but perhaps it's not made. That the youth players that are not are, are still not in the first division. When they come to first division, they know exactly what to do. When Gallardo requires for them to be in the in the lineups, starting lineups, or to get into the pitch. And we'll talk about River in a little more detail afterwards, as Andres says. Um, but having covered San Lorenzo and Mocha and River, probably have a look at um, Racing now, I suppose, because Independiente are playing at the moment, so we'll get on to them last. Um, Racing got, so I have to remind myself now, a 2-1 win against Arsenal de Sarandi, who themselves are playing right now. Um, did you catch much of that? Uh, not much of it, really. It was... Pretty good. I thought Diego Milito opened the scoring with a penalty. Mariano Pavone with another, uh, not entirely dissimilar to Marcelo Meli's header for Boca, actually, um, with 15 minutes to go to win it after Arsenal had put in not a bad performance, I thought, all in. Given that Racing are a very good team and that Arsenal, for the most part, aren't, I was um, not expecting it to be as good a match as, I, uh, as it was I was obviously expecting a Racing win but I was expecting it to be rather easier for Racing um, and Arsenal can take heart from that and well from their display so far tonight at least if, if there is something Caruso Lombardi uh, is specialist is in, in making apparent easy matches into uh, complicated ones tricky matches uh, so uh, and, and Previously, easy match for Racing ended as a yes, hard, hard one. And it means, though, that Racing remain just about in the hunt. If if San Lorenzo and Boca uh, drop points, then Racing are, I suppose, going to be well, well as well placed as anybody but River to to take advantage because River uh, Racing are uh, nine points behind. Obviously, River are also nine points behind, but River have a game in hand. Um, I think they're also level with Central. We'll get on to the exact standings in a minute. Independiente, as we pause to let a motorbike go past outside, Independiente um, got a 1-1 draw away to San Martín de San Juan after going 1-0 down through a Damián Ledesma penalty. But they were... It was fairly uninspiring, and it brought to an end a run of, I think it was five wins in a row. Um, did you... Did you catch anything of that one? Yes, it, it clearly was not the the, the same. They uh, were they as when when sorry when Pellegrino uh, uh, starting his car, his job as as coach of Independiente, uh, Im- almost immediately the the team looked uh, uh, far more solid than when Almirón was the coach, and I think now they were more. Not that solid. They didn't look as solid as, as the previous matches, uh, clearly. And San Martín San Juan had had showed something very very good when when they defeat River, uh, showing that they were a, a, a serious team, not only a team to uh, watch against the the, the 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 small teams or the or the, or the uh, promoted teams, but 
to to be a serious uh, op opponent to the to the big ones, and, and they prove they are because uh, yeah. uh, I think they ha they got the 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 initiative. The 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 they were the the main stars of the of the match, the, the, the starings, and then well, Independiente finally got the, the, the equalizer, but it wasn't a, a, a good match as the previous ones. Uh, Independiente are still eight matches without defeat. They've got six wins and two draws in that time. Um, and it's worth bearing in mind that a trip to San Juan is is not particularly easy. I think I'm just bringing up San Martín's record so far this season um, now. And they have lost four games in total, but all of those have been away. Um, I think along with... Oh, no, actually, Union might have lost by now because they lost to Racing a couple of weeks ago, didn't they? So I'm just bringing up all the home standings now. It's Sen Rosario Central and San Martín are the only two teams who were unbeaten at home this this year in the Primera. Um, so that gives you some idea of, of how decent a showing it was for Independiente to get a point, I suppose, even though the match itself wasn't really that good. Um, and heady days for San Martín, because yes. four points from matches away to River and, and at home to Independiente, I'm sure if you'd offered them that at the beginning of the season or even a few weeks ago, uh, that they'd have taken that. Yeah. Yes, uh, they have decent players and, well, uh, a, a coach that has has been going up from Atlanta, then Almagro, I think, or the other way, but... Uh, and then, well, Godoy Cruz, now San Martín, San Juan, and, and yes, they have, a, a, I think, balanced a squad with, well, for example, Pompido, the one who scored against River, uh, saying that he was a fan of River and, and showed the tattoo of the of the how do you say the escudo the, the club badge yes uh, uh, but yes uh, apart from that they have a, a, I think a, a, a better team than than a lot of people think and, and they are showing it absolutely um, other results as we just get back onto the results page pardon me um, outside the big five well first of all well done Nueva Chicago because they've having waited 20 matches for their first league win of the season they've now managed to get two in a row um, away to Crucero del Norte they Key match. were potentially yeah yes. it could very well be um, away to Crucero del Norte they were very much the second best side all the most all the way through all the way through the match but they managed to keep a clean sheet. And then with four minutes to go, Alejandro Gagliardi, who scored at least one, I think two of their goals, um, in the 3-0 win over Huracan the previous weekend, um, popped up with a header towards the end, a fantastic looping header over the goalkeeper to make it 1-0, which was how it finished in the match that was between the two bottom feeders in the relegation table, certainly in the championship table, they're not actually the two bottom sides, they're second and third bottom because Arsenal are bottom of the championship table but in the relegation table um, these two sides remain the two sides in the relegation zone uh, we'll just remind you that of the 30 teams who are in the Primera this season um, it's the bottom two in the Promedio, um, the points average table that go who go down we would assume if you'll forgive us new listeners that uh, for the moment that, that, that you know roughly how the, the points average system works if you don't then feel free to write in next week and ask and we'll explain it um, and having said that those two teams were definitely going to be the ones to go down for well pretty much 
since about three weeks into the season, really. Actually, I'm, those are still the teams I, I personally would bet on being relegated. But suddenly the gap's starting to just close a little bit because Crucero and, well, Crucero have been picking up points at home all season and Chicago have suddenly started picking up points. Um, home or away, it doesn't matter. They just needed some wins. And now they've got them. Those two sides are on 14 points from 21 games. There's a bit of a gap to, to Huracan on 19, but still it's a five-point gap, which the way that Huracan are playing at the moment... So Chicago winning another two matches will mean they are out from the relegation zone because they are, of course, uh, not dividing by any no. any other seasons. And, and yeah, I mean the the bottom sides in the relegations uh, in the relegation table, the bottom one, two, three, four, the bottom six sides, in fact, have all just got this season on the table. Um, so effectively, it's very easy to work out how Chicago and Crucero can overtake their rivals because Huracan, Colón, Sarmiento and Argentinos are all also just playing this season, which means that it's a simple case of, of counting the points. Um, and the gap between them is five points to Huracan, they've got six points to Colón, um, seven points to Sarmiento and eight points to Argentinos, which is a lot, but at the same time, Chicago, if they have found a way to just pick up wins, especially against some of those sides. They've got Lanús away, which is not as difficult a fixture as it might have been in previous weeks, especially with uh, previous years, sorry, especially with Lanús being in the form they're in at the moment. Okay, then River at home, which will be tricky, but then at home to Argentinos Juniors. Um, they've also got to host Aldo Civi, who are probably out of the relegation battle, but aren't in fantastic form themselves yet. Um, they've got Quilmes at home on the last day. The others look a little more a, a little trickier, but if, if Chicago can um, can pick up one or two decent results, you never know. No, I think. But yes, uh, of course they will regret not having started winning before. But now it's too late to, of course, to say what they should have done or what we could, in terms of Chicago players or mm. what, or if you have won a pair of matches before, now we will be uh, closer to the to. To achieving would be a miracle uh, to not be relegated because now, of course, two matches or three winning, uh, getting a winning streak or streak will will make them seriously think of, of saving from relegation. But, but yeah, it's a pretty big if. Yes, you know, I mean, we have a phrase in Britain that, as you're sort of learning English, Andres, you might like is if my auntie had bollocks, she'd be my uncle. Um, so it's in a way, it's not. There's not much of a point in. Um, you know, Chicago are kind of thinking, oh, if I knew we'd won earlier, well, you know, you didn't. But at the same time, you just never know. Having said all of that, as I say, personally, if you if you made me place um, a bet on which two teams I think are going to be relegated, it would still be Nuevo Chicago and Cruzeiro del Norte. Um, they're, they're cut off and, and both of them are just noticeably um, a level behind most of the teams they need to be on a level with in order to stay up. Um, but you never know. After Chicago won two in a row, anything could happen. Um, other big results over the weekend. Giovanni Simeone got another goal for uh, Banfield against Gimnasia, so well done him. There's a, there's a particular story about that about goal. that goal. Mm. Uh, because he was like... Uh, uh, he said thank you to his father, to Diego Simeone, and then he was asked, asked why he was saying thanks to, to, to him. Mm. And uh, he said that, well, he asked me, or he said, uh, take a shot, a long distance shot. Take long distance shots 
and you will get goals and well, well this is the result of course with uh, Navarro big mistake gymnasia uh, goalkeeper because uh, the, the ball uh, got out of his hands and, and yeah of course yeah I forgot what the goal was like you're quite right yeah but uh, well he 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 did what his father told and and the goal was was there I'm not sure whether that's a good thing or a bad thing from the point of view of Giovanni Simeone being a centre forward and having to take goal scoring tips from Diego Simeone who you know <laughs> not exactly Batistuta was he but still um, other notable matches Rosario Central won a very impressive 3-1 win at home to Belgrano that was expected to be pretty tight match two teams in good form Belgrano a very decent side and Central just particularly um, in the, the the first half but then through the second as well just got control of the game I won't say absolutely blew them away but they were comfortably on top throughout um, Tigre against Union was pretty pretty decent stuff as well although Tigre in a way perhaps went into a 2-0 lead a little bit too soon for themselves because after that Union came back into it and Tigre found themselves hanging on a little bit but still by and large deserved the win um, that was 2-1 uh, at, at full time and we have to mention Defensa Justicia who had not won prior to that game in just let me I think it's 11 matches or something oh no sorry no they've won 3 out of the previous 4 but uh, having having not won a match by more than a goal I was thinking of somebody else wouldn't they hit that long winless streak having not won a match by more than one goal previously um, thrashed Aldo Civi 4-0 on Monday evening um, I managed to miss all 4 goals just, just the fact before, that I watched yes. about three quarters of the match. Rius, I think, was key there. Uh, one of the most, uh, one of the most uh, influenced uh, players in the in the match. Uh, I think scoring one and then serving another two mm. or so. Uh, and just before they they have to play against River for the, the that pending match, I I, I mentioned before. Yeah. Um, so that's a, a really big win for Defensa, obviously, and it's one that could prove crucial um, in the relegation zone, at least, because they were on a bit of a slump, but, well, sorry, before this recent run, but now they've picked up nine points in the last 12 available. It's really lifted them up. Just a few weeks ago, before they had this run of, of three wins in four games, um, they were on 12 points, which is fewer points than Chicago and Crucero now have. Um, so this this run of, of uh, very decent run they've they've had has probably lifted them out of the relegation zone for this season. Um, is that it, it is that, very important. Is that another another proof of a, a coach that sometimes a coach is more important than we think or a lot of people think? Because when Dario Franco was the coach, of course Dario Franco has a particular style similar to Simeone one of of thing of shouting out and, and giving all the time uh, indicating the players what to do at all the time and players mm. get crazy now there is a coach that previously was a hockey coach oh that's right yeah he, co- yes. he coached one of the women's was it it wasn't the Leonis was it, it was I the, yes I the think women's youth hockey sides or something yes the youth uh, the, uh, national team and, and, and well we have the, here a, a, a much more smooth a style of play which I think is clear how uh, one style and the other are are, are the opposite opposite and and, and and here are the results uh, and the players uh, when they talk about uh, the that coach Holland 
uh, they talk very well about him. Mm. They are like kind uh, talking about him. As sometimes we think, uh, well, he he was a, a hockey coach or, or well, it's another sport, nothing to to do with football. Well, here you have the, the something 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 different, and I think Bihil was another uh, hockey coach that came into football not about being a coach particularly football coach but uh, he worked at, at River uh, uh, when Pasarela was the president so it's not so strange mm. um, yeah and I mean in some ways what a difference a manager makes prior to um, Olan coming in under first Ariel Franco and then Jose Flores who was the caretaker after Franco left um, Defensa had a record of two wins five draws and eight defeats. Um, that so that takes you up to the the fifteenth um, round of matches inclusive. Since Zoland came in for the sixteenth round onwards, they they drew his first match in charge nil nil with Huracan, and since then it's been a two one win against Global Chicago, a one nil win against Lanús, a one nil defeat to Independiente, and a four nil win over Aldo Civi. So three wins more than they managed previously in, in in the season prior to him coming in. One draw. Um, and one defeat so it's, it's been an instant impact for him really and it's one that might very well have, have saved them given that when he came in it didn't look like there was any way that maybe Chicago were going to start picking up points didn't look like there was much of a way that the Crucero del Norte might, might threaten and yet you know potentially that they, they could easily have slid down the table if not because prior to him coming in they hadn't won in one, two, that's five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, in eleven matches um, before he came in so well done, him. Yes. I think that that pretty much sums up most of the main talking points from the weekend. Um, I'm trying to just look through quickly. Huracan Lanús, there's almost nothing to say about. It was a dreadfully dull game. Um, and Colón Vélez-Sarsfield was the just three, as bad as we were expecting. The three nil matches, I think, were not very attractive. So temporarily in Sarmiento. Yeah. Um, also... The, uh, the very first match of the weekend, Atletico de Rafael against Newell's Old Boys, wasn't especially good either. It should have really finished goalless. And the only reason it didn't was because of two late penalties. Um, one from Ignacio Coco for Newell's, which put them 1-0 up. And another from Osmar Ferreira for Atletico, which made it 1-1 in stoppage time. And uh, before that, was that after another one, yes. Another penalty missed by, by Maxi Rodriguez. Mm. Then the other one, uh, the one that was scored was... Shoot by by Skoko. So that was kind of a nil nil draw in all but scoreline, if you like, really. Um, <laughs> which sounds slightly strange to say, but that's yes. why I'm gonna pitch it. It was it was a rather dull game with the exception of, of that Maxi penalty which he had saved. Saved or missed? No, he did miss it, didn't he? Saved by the Georgia. Oh, oh right, I'm thinking of somebody else who must have scored one earlier. I might be thinking of Avia Hernandez actually for yes. Manchester United earlier. Um so that's all we will say on the league for the moment. We've got some Copa Argentina action currently taking place. Rafaela, Atletico de Rafaela are drawing nil-nil with San Lorenzo after 54 minutes. Pretty, oh no, hang on, sorry, 64 minutes, um, pretty much. Um, and at half-time of the other game, it's Arsenal 1, Independiente nil in the Sudamericana. We've got a few other Copa matches um, taking place both tonight and tomorrow. So we're not going to try and do too much of an in-depth roundup for you because this is going to be on um, yeah, out of date by the time we've even finished recording it. Never mind. There will, the there will be online. the heartbreaking English Dan match 
Between Racing and Atlanta. Yes, that's on Thursday, isn't it? No. Is it Thursday or is it tonight? In two years. Tonight. Uh, in two hours' time, in that, at nine. Okay. Yes. Well, if you're listening to this live, then uh, tune in, <laughs> but you obviously won't be because there's no way you could do that. Um, anything else to say? I don't think that there is. So we're going to take a break now. And Oh, no, hang on. Let's talk for a second. We, we mentioned River earlier and how they're trying to... Um, what they're trying to do to hang on. And there was a bit of a fuss yesterday because uh, Atletico de Madrid, uh, Matias Kranemitter is currently in Madrid signing his contract with Atletico and they decided when he landed that they didn't want him to get back on the plane to go back to Argentina um, and continue playing for River until January. They wanted him at the club, at Atletico, now. Um, and River sort of stood very firm and said, well, we had an agreement saying that he was going to continue playing for us till the end of the year, so you're either not having him He's either going in January or he doesn't go at all. Um, as far as I'm aware, he's staying until January. Yes, right? he would. Um, as, as, as I heard is that Simeone was the one putting some pressure there that he needed him right now, but not something about the the, the board or, or, or the presidents or something like that. Uh, and the media, of, of course, covered it as if were Atletico Madrid says they want him right now. It was... Not so serious in in order to because if if the president or or the boards would have said, well, if you want the money, you you give us Kranemitter right now. Perhaps Donofrio wouldn't have said, hey, no, well, uh, Kranemitter is going to play with us at, until December, or or he won't go to Madrid. No, I think it was so, wasn't so serious in order to put the transfer in, in danger. Yeah. Um Even so, it struck me as a bit weird. I mean, first of all, because the reason that Atletico originally were reported as being happy to let Kranemita come in January was that Simeone himself wanted players uh, for the start of the season who'd had the whole pre-season with the club. And therefore, he wasn't going to press for a, a you know signing after the Libertadores final because, by definition, it would be too late for him. So it's a bit weird that he was trying to push it through then anyway. Um, but also, just Atletico trying that, It struck me that Atletico had rather more to lose from it than River. Because River, if he hadn't gone to Atletico, I suspect they would have been able to find another European club who'd have been just as happy to sign Matias Kranovita for 8 million euros for 60% of his registration. I don't think they'd have been short of, of offers for him. Um, whereas Atletico could have missed out on you know, having the Matias Kranovita. Who, the, the... If, if he matches up to half of what most people expect of him is going to be a fantastic player one day um, and indeed who has been called up to Gerardo Martino's Argentina squad in the wake of Lucas Biglia's injury playing for Lazio on Saturday um, I think Granvito is a fantastic player and he's showing his best level right now the same level he had before he was injured but it's not a, a player that defines or that will say ending for example ending plays and, and, and scoring goals Of course, he's very, very good at his position, which is center midfield, midfield of course. But uh, to be so desperate in order to say, Canabito is going to stay right now because we want him now. Well, it's, I think it's, I don't, I don't know if you said that, but more important for River than for Atletico Madrid right now. Uh, of course, well, the, the World uh, Club Cup is important mar for the club, for this, for supporters, but I think it's not, it has to be only with the World Cup club, 
but uh, to have it also with Sudamericana, the rest of the of the tournament, of the local tournament, in order, independently of River, having chances or not to, to win it. Yeah. Um, and the other River transfer news um, is that it looks, it's not finalised just yet, but it looks as if River are going to be signing um, Milton Casco from Newell's Old Boys, the, the left-back. Um, he's left-back, isn't he? Left-back, but I think he can also play as a second uh, centre-back, but yes, he's, he, he's, he plays as a left-back, being right-footed. Left, uh, right yeah, that's what confuses me. That's, um, I'm sure yeah. I saw him playing right-back during the sort of his first season that I really noticed him, but he now plays left-back more often than not. Um, but it, he would add some versatility to the river backline and, and I suspect um, be able to they'd be able to rotate uh, well both Vangioni and I suppose Gabriel Mercado as well both of the fullbacks um, in and out of the, the squad a bit more easily um, but that looks like it's going to happen um, yeah two and a half so there we are. two million two and a half million dollars apparently will be the the money that River will play, pay for for him they're, yes. they're allowed to sign him outside the window, we should mention, because yes. of the sale of Ramiro Funes Mori. Yes. Any club, obviously the Argentine registration window has been finished, has finished, rather. Yes. Um, but any club who sell a player to, well, a foreign club, obviously, outside um, the window, are allowed to sign a player to um, to replace him. As a result of which, Atletico de Rafaela, who are playing in the Copa Argentina right now, funnily enough, um, have uh, they signed, sold Esteban Conde, the goalkeeper to Nacional of Uruguay uh, last week, and they're bringing in, or well, they have brought in Facundo Parra, who's obviously not going to play in goal for them. Uh, he's going to play up front for them from Asteras Tripoli in Greece. Um, so that's another piece of transfer news that's relevant to a match that's taking place right now. It's still goalless, by the way. In what stadium is that? It's Colón Stadium. Ah, okay. Thought it looked familiar, but. Um, couldn't see where from let's see whether the Sudamericana is back on and now we really are going to take a break and when we come back we will talk about Gerardo Martino um, having some harsh words for his employers and one or two other things and we will also answer a few listeners questions so don't go away then the next item on the agenda is Gerardo Martino getting rather angry um, with the Argentine Football Association for dillying and dallying essentially um, as most of you who listened to last week's episode I think we mentioned it last week will probably be aware um, the 23rd round of matches in the Primera coincides with Argentina's friendlies against Bolivia and Mexico Mexico, thank you very much. Um, the Bolivia one apparently was in doubt the other day because the third party organisers haven't bothered to pay the um, uh, the Bolivian FA for the travel and hotel expenses and whatnot. And the Bolivian FA are playing hardball, but I think it's probably back on by now. Thank you very much to Ed Malian, by the way, for that piece of information because I got rather confused when it got tweeted yesterday uh, that it was in doubt. Um, Martino 
the reason that this uh, match, um, sorry, that the that round of matches in the Primera coincides with a FIFA date, even though the AFA had said at the beginning of the year that they weren't going to play on FIFA dates, um, and I've been wondering about this myself. I think I even mentioned it a week or two ago on the podcast. Um, but apparently, the reason is that uh, following the death of Jose Luis, Go- Jose Gomez, wasn't it? Was it Jose? Yes. Yeah, because it's the same name. Christian Gomez. No, Cristiano Gomez is the Nueva Chicago player who's coming back from injury. No, but also the Atletico Paraná. That's right. Yes. Thank you. I, re- I knew that it was the same name as one of somebody called Gomez who played for a Primera team in, in green and black stripes. Um, that's Jose Luis for San Martín or Cristian for Nueva Chicago. So well done, Andres. Thank you. Uh, following the death of Cristian Gomez um, for Atletico Paraná, um, and obviously all football that weekend getting cancelled everything got shunted back and that means that round 23 coincides with a FIFA date and even though the regular season in the Primera is going to end in mid-November the AFA have decided that they can't just shunt the entire calendar back and that they're going to put football on the FIFA date and then have everything from the 24th round onwards as it was already programmed so in other words those matches won't be affected and the season still ends on the same weekend it was always going to be and he had already criticized the, the well something which is not no new uh, that the lack of organization of a good organization from from AFA. Uh, I think when he was the Barcelona coach, when because of course uh, the, the in that case uh, Sabella wanted Argent- uh, players that were playing at Barcelona, for example, Macherano or Messi, and Martino didn't have them to play the competitions and. Uh, now he did it again, saying that uh, it is not very tidy to make the the date being played because the players are the finally the ones who are coming and going, ha- wanting to play for the national team but also for the for the teams, and and they are like the well uh, like uh, titers, uh, like uh, puppets. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's it, it's a tough situation, partly because. You know, you you made this decision not to play on FIFA dates at the beginning of the year, so stick to it. And it's not going to change very much if you finish on the 14th of November or if you finish on the 21st of November. That's, I mean, who cares? You normally finish on the bloody second weekend of December, so what difference does that make? Um, and partly because it, it has the potential to distort the championship race. Now, we were a couple of weeks uh, ago um, saying that Boca were being big crybabies for... Um, not um, for, for wanting to, to get their match with San Lorenzo uh, cancelled because it happens to fall on this week uh, on, the, on the FIFA date and they were going to be probably at the time it was probably now it's definitely without Carlos Tevez um, and Fernando Gago Tevez, Gago, Lodeiro from Uruguay and Fuensalida as well Fuensalida, right? Chile and well San Lorenzo will have not will not have mass and Manuel Mas who has been called up now yes although obviously they didn't know that at and, the time but yeah yes. and Ortigosa for example uh, yeah um, so we, we at the time, I particularly, uh, accused Boca of being crybabies and of trying to manipulate the AFA as they always do. And I stick by um, saying that they always try to manipulate the AFA. But what I didn't realise, um, as I say, because I only found out today, was that the reason that it's being played on this weekend um, was because of the, the fact that all the matches got, got bumped back. I didn't realise that it wasn't supposed to be um, played like that, and as I say, I couldn't remember. I couldn't work out why it was being played on a FIFA date, but I assumed that it had been like that when it was originally announced. So, apologies to Boca fans 
You won't hear that very often on this podcast for calling you crybabies. Or not Bocker fans. Bocker's bored. Um, but um, the uh, generally, actually, I'm, I'm in complete agreement. This is entirely coincidental to the fact that River themselves are going to be losing a couple of players for that round as well because Matthias Kranovic has been called up um, and Vangioni as well, no? Um, or no, there was some talk about him maybe getting it, but perhaps he hasn't. Well, I think Sanchez and Machado are going to Uruguay squad uh, apart from that. Yes, they are. Um, no, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, that, that, Ramiro Funes Mori, which is not more at the River, but the, no, he's called Anyway, he hasn't got or still hasn't got the work permit. He'll get it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Ah, okay. He might not have it yet, but he'll 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 be okay. I'd have thought. It, there are a whole bunch of factors, including transfer fee and um, all sorts of other stuff as well. Plus, he speaks the language, which I don't know when that's going to help um, officially with the work permit. But I would have thought that uh, having a decent command of English. Um, it isn't going to harm his case and I would have thought he has a decent command of English given that they lived in the United States for a decent amount of time you know that's a, a decent command of English within what you'd expect Americans to be able to talk that's a joke American listeners don't be offended please um, but yeah it's, it, essentially you've not, the, the reason the, 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 the FIFA thing I think is worth mentioning is that we have a situation now where the national team manager is complaining about his own employers being completely incompetent at something that doesn't actually affect him directly Um, but it also has the potential to as I was trying to drive at about five minutes ago and then got got waylaid by myself it has the potential to to severely disrupt the, the championship race because the team's particularly San Lorenzo Boca maybe okay both teams are going to be losing a couple of key players so who's really more affected there? I think it's probably Boca who are more affected, given how important Carlos Tevez is, um, and and the fact that okay, Nestor Ortigos and Emmanuel Massa are important for San Lorenzo, but neither of them are quite on Tevez's level. I think is not too controversial to say. Um, but there's the potential there to to affect the title race. And I mean, if you're going to say at the beginning of the year we're not we're not going to play on FIFA dates, that's the whole point of having a FIFA date as well. You, the big leagues stop playing on those days, so why not do it? Why not stick to it? It's um, it's daft. And on that note, slightly angry note, it must be said, we're going to get on to some questions because we've had a few. First of all, um, we have had a couple via email. One from David Mayor. I hope I've got your surname right, David. Um, who says by email, despite being aware of its existence for some time, I'm only a recent listener to the podcast, so welcome in that case. Uh, mainly thanks to my recent career move into mind-numbingly dull data. Oh, well, we're glad that we're um, slightly better than mind-numbingly dull, at least. Um, so apologies, he says, if this is a well-trodden path of discussion. Is the away fan ban scheduled to be scrapped at any point, and does this get discussed often? The very short answers to both questions are... No. 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 And... Well, depending on whether you mean does it get discussed on the podcast or does it get discussed in the AFA, uh, yes and no, um, in that order. Uh, We get somebody maybe every few months at AFA or in the government saying, the away fan ban will come back, it'll be repealed after the next, and then insert the name of a big event here. Earlier this year, somebody said it would happen after the Copa America. People now are probably going to claim before too much longer that it'll happen after the elections. But ultimately, there's always a reason to keep postponing. Even Tinelli hasn't said a word about that. 
No. With that the, the the project he presented with a lot of and also as well as Dinelli, but Sioli's not said anything about it. Macri's not said anything about it. Those are names that you uh, listeners might not be as familiar with, but those are the two guys who are the sort of main front runners for the presidential race. That's not the AFA presidential race, the nationwide presidential race. Um, and neither of them have said anything about it, as far as I'm aware, either. What he see, what he did say, Tinali, or he's preparing, is a project to release the the, the channel AFA TV, mm. uh, which was already proposed, but then cancelled or postponed, and now apparently with him as a president, that will come up again. With surprise, surprise, that Marcelo Tinali's first big idea is doing yes. something on television. I mean, yes. But they've had their own Twitter account for bloody ages. I don't know why they they cancelled it so 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 such a long time ago. Um, David also then adds. Also, does the pod feel that it has a benefit? The the away fan ban has a beneficial or detrimental effect on the game as a whole. Detrimental. Far more fun, which is the point that David goes on to make. Um, having both sets of fans in the stadium chanting against each other you get some good back and forth um, and as the, the banner if those of you who follow me on Twitter look at my, my Twitter um, profile the, the, the banner that's, that there's a photograph of in the background it relates specifically to this issue it's a banner at River Plate Stadium during the Super Classico uh, in October last year which says sin visitantes no hay football without visiting fans there's no football um, it, it, it's a big part of the the game here it's it's a bigger part of the game here I think than it is in most other countries um, obviously the UK being an exception but really other countries like Spain um, I, know, I know less about France and Italy but I, th- I think them as well and you know very certainly in South America there's less of a tradition of, of visiting fans going to away games whereas in in Argentina partly because of the fact that it was the Buenos Aires League for such a long time yes. it's like a, a similar away travelling culture to England really and it's been decimated admittedly a bit more violent and organised crime but still yeah, I, I think with that, that with the things right now how things are uh, it's impossible to get the the, the, the away fans again uh, we, we for example have Something would happen in May, but was Boca River uh, Super Classico suspended because uh, the pepper spray with no River uh, no. supporters? We you don't need supporters it's, from it's the away that, team. To it's get a point that I've made a few times on this pod. It's a point that Joel yes. makes often when he comes on. Um, what's the point of banning the away fans when away fans per se are not the reason that there's trouble? You don't get fighting between home it and away colorful, fans. It will be colorful, but. You don't warranty. There will be no warranties to, to for the match to be to be finished because uh, when the away fans are away team is play, is losing, the away fans will but throw you something. That, you get that still with only home or fans. the home. Yes, as, well as, as you saw, as what happened with Boca, uh, with, yeah. with Boca River in, in the Libertadores. And um, in the middle, we have something European class event with mm-hmm. estudiantes uh, uh, giving an applause to River. Players yeah. uh, because they obtained the Copa Libertadores, something quite uh, of it looks like another planet thing, and and, and supporters from Estudiantes criticize that. So if Estudiantes will have lost that well, match, for what it's worth, I think it's a bit daft as well. And uh, but still, 
I think is a bit daft. Whereas the Estudiantes player, uh, people who were criticising it weren't saying, oh, that's a bit silly. They were saying, this is an absolute disgrace, it shouldn't be allowed to happen. Um, and going completely over the top. Um, and I, I'll, I'll go back to something I said a minute ago, by the way, that uh, when I say none of the violence is between home and away fans, sometimes the violence is between home and away fans, but the vast majority of the time it's between home fans and home fans or away fans and away fans uh, fighting for control of, of the same barra and the word fan and should probably not how, be used how, how real fans are the, are those fans and how are because the barras mixed up with fans and, and, and you, you, you can't identify the, the barras because the barras are, are dressed up as, as, as normal fans are not the, they have they don't have a banner saying I am a barra mm. they are mixed with the normal fans fans or supporters and supporters a lot of times cheered and, and, and singed in favor of the Barras. Say here they are the borrachos del Tablón for example the which are the barras of River. Yeah, because I lived that when I I I, I uh, when when I used to go to the stadium I I was there and they sang sang when the borrachos del Tablón, the Barras, River Black Barras came to the stadium with mm. they had a, their space assigned there in the in the platea uh, saying here the borrachos del tablón the la, llegó la hinchada which is the barras have come well and actually llegó la hinchada is that the, the yes. fans have come yes which is the really disgusting thing although they've they've stopped seeing that at, at river and in several other stadia now um, but there is still a culture on the television in a lot of stadia and sometimes at some of the clubs who've sort of largely forsaken it like River of equating the, the barra with the whole fan base Some, and sometimes the players are, are, are feeling that sense of winning the way they, we have to win the way that doesn't matter the way ganar como sea which means you have to win no, no matter how and throwing pepper spray throwing a, a bottle of whiskey or 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 fernet, which was uh, I think thrown, yeah. or a hamburger. Olave eating that hamburger, which was funny, but uh, well, yeah, a sneaker, whatever. It doesn't matter, and that is something which we don't. Uh, well, that doesn't happen to be a solution because. As you said, the government, the candidates to, to be president aren't saying anything. The candidate, to, the main candidate, which is Tinelli, to be the president of AFA, doesn't say anything also. So, well, now, I think there is no possibility right now to, to get back the away fans. And I don't know when they will be again. AFA Plus, another thing. Well, sometimes every six, six months, there is, I think, Segura saying, Yes, we have the Alpha Plus. He, we will implement it soon. We are waiting for I don't know what. I think his security is a problem to be continued, and, and I think the things are okay, okay, not not great, but okay. We only with the uh, home uh, supporters. Yeah, I agree. Um, David makes the final addition to his question he says as someone who only really makes an effort to watch the bigger games mainly the Clásicos it always disappoints me when I see or hear no presence from the away fans and it slightly lessens a lifetime ambition of watching a big game in Argentina 
and I would agree with that. It, it's a it's a great shame. I was lucky enough that I moved here um, three years, I think, because the the away fan ban in the Primera at least has only been been enforced for a couple of years. So I, I moved here about three years before it came in, and therefore I got to to go to a bunch of games, including some Clásicos, um, with both sets of fans. And going with just the home fans is nothing like the same experience. It's sorry, uh, sorry. Uh, apart from that, from the main problem, the main trouble, which is violence. The, the stadiums in Argentina doesn't the space is not enough for all the supporters that want to get into the stadium and when they are even when they have all the stadium for them for the home supporters it's not enough. Well, I mean you could say that Sometimes, about a lot of countries of though. I mean you, you know there are more people wanting to go to to matches of of a lot of clubs in England or in Spain or Germany or whatever than they've got tickets to sell. Yes, and well you don't have the ticket you respect. That you don't have the ticket, and here Precisely. it doesn't say it doesn't happen. You don't have the ticket, and you go anyway uh, and try to get into the pitch at the stadium anyway. Hmm. Bars, of course, are a lot. Know a lot of uh, about that, but but yeah, and it's not just bars. That's another point. Is people trying yes. to at times yes. to, to be opportunistic and get in, and yes. uh, I think it's important as well just to point out that a lot of the stuff that's just been said by Andres that Andres is is Argentine because sometimes when we get onto this subject I'm quite conscious of the idea that particularly us being an English language podcast it, it, it sounds a little condescending for us to be coming in some of us as foreigners coming into Argentina and saying oh this is how it's done back home this is how it should be but the point is that a lot of Argentines including Andres of course um, feel that way as well right I mean it's it's not just something that sort of you listen to me saying it and think oh you're just being I, I heard I heard for example a prestigious journalist uh, like Gonzalo Bonadeo saying it's impossible and complaining about that and, and saying it will be dif- it should be different you are a, a, a neutral fan real neutral fan not like the way they appear to be mm-hmm. neutral fans in Argentina and you want to buy a ticket and you you can't buy a ticket for to see to watch any any match the, you, I am a neutral fan and I want to watch a, an independiente match for example because I like the way they play And I don't, I, I, I can't. I am not a socio of Independiente. Even being a socio, you perhaps you don't uh, get the ticket. Yeah. And not being is almost almost impossible. Absolutely. Yes, that happens. Uh, moving on to the next question, after a lengthy discussion from that one, uh, Toby Millard says, Sam, thank you for answering my question about Marcelo Tinelli and the AFA elections a couple of weeks back. That's quite fine, Toby. Um, he says, my question this week concerns the fuss currently being made about domestic based players oh look at this I honestly didn't look at Toby's email until just now Um, (laughs) domestic based players being called up to the national team why is the argument surrounding the issue currently so heated and is the AFA likely to do the sensible thing and suspend domestic football during international breaks in future thank you Toby Um, as we already said um, they were supposed to suspend it during this particular domestic break and that got uh, called off for a reason that as I say I only realised myself today um, but first of all it's it's heated I suppose because the AFA partly at least because the AFA made the mistake of employing a manager who actually speaks his mind um, <laughs> if you suspect that Alejandro Sabella might have been a little more guarded about it for instance um, so that, that that's one thing and, and also the fact that it's been Boca against San Lorenzo 
um, was the main thing, and that that was what really built up the heads being clashed together thing. I think was the fact that it was a classico. It was a classico that Boca might be slightly nervous about because San Lorenzo tend to have a good record against them. Is, is Bilardo still the the secretary of national of national team? I don't think so, but he because uh, that is something good to know because uh, that that person should be the the one in charge to solve these problems or for example to tell Martino well wouldn't be ethic but don't call the players from the teams in Argentina because they are yeah. going to play the, the the round and that will be difficult and then that will be make the the the, 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 the tournaments to be worse to be worse because of course they didn't have the the, the, the main players there to play uh, and this even this didn't happen uh, and Martino of course called the players called up the players he thought would be good for this tour or this yeah exactly I mean Martino has to do what, what, what he feels is right for the Argentine national team rather than for the clubs but um, I agree that somebody at least in, in Milano's position might have uh, been able to make that, that, that request but ultimately if the AFA don't want it to happen then the AFA have to not schedule football on those weekends um, will they suspend domestic football during international breaks in future Toby asks yes I would think so uh, given that that's, that's what they were supposed to be doing this year as it was um, I think it's safe to say that they're not going to let this happen again indeed Luis Segura earlier today the current acting president of the AFA um, said that uh, he, he didn't sort of entirely close the door to the idea that they might still have a vote and decide to delay the round, the 23rd round anyway. Um, it's going to be decided, I think, next Tuesday. Yes. Uh, it's meeting the next AFA uh, vote, uh, at the next meeting. The, the AFA meetings are always on Tuesday evenings. Um, and they're going to have a vote to decide whether round 23 actually gets played or not on the weekend that it's scheduled for. So it might still not happen. You never know. They might, common sense might prevail still, even at the Argentine Football Association. And Independiente have just scored. Uh, you missed, by the way, during our instrumental break earlier, um, Arsenal scored about 10 seconds after I stopped recording, and now Independiente have equalised to make it 1-1 on the night, and indeed 1-1 on aggregate, because this is the first leg. And now... That clattering you can hear is my computer banging against the coffee table, which the microphone is on, so I apologise for the noise, uh, as I type in the hand pod username and password into Twitter so that we can get it some... Oh, that's a good goal. Well, no, it's not really. The goalkeeper should have done much better than that. Um, to, to get into our Twitter questions. Before I do, I'm just going to very quickly tweet that Independiente have equalised. Vitale was there. Thank you. One. Vitale, ah yes, William Vitale, Anthony. And now we have Twitter questions, which go as bloody hell. I've got fifty-one notifications. I hope we've not got fifty-one questions, or this is going to turn into a very long podcast. Here we go. Hang on, there with me. Oh God, we have got a lot of mentions here. Oh, it's because Gustavo and Dan have wrote me into a Twitter discussion about Racing's game as well. That's why. Okay, here we go. The first question is from Thomas Rongen. 
Rongen, I hope I've pronounced your name correctly Lynch. in one of those two attempts, um, who is an actual real-life former professional footballer. I have to confess that I had to Google him, um, but he was... Uh, he was or is currently something to do with the Tampa Bay Rowdies as well um, and has won the MLS championship in the past so Thomas we're honoured to have you as a listener even though I haven't heard of you before so I apologise as I say um, and his question is can River win the club world championship and why? Yeah, the possibilities are there they can win uh, if they face the best Barcelona they won't and if they face the Barcelona that played the uh, Supercopa Española they can yeah, especially if they face the Barcelona who played the first leg of the Supercopa yes. Española um, yeah I mean we uh, I think nobody really gave Estudiantes for instance much of a chance when they played uh, Barcelona as well um, in 2009 Nine, yes. um, but they almost took it you know Barcelona got needed a late a very late equaliser to take it to extra time when Lionel Messi won it in extra time so it's 11 against 11. Obviously, Barcelona are going to be huge favourites. Um, River are going to have their backs against the wall and, and they're going to do very, very well to, anyway, to escape a hiding. But who knows? Anyway, there's something that I think I look at as an advantage for River, which is they will play semi-finals the 16th of December and Barcelona the 17th, which mm. means if both qualify... And they get an extra day. They will get, yes. Uh, it's not, of course, the something so important in order to wait if River can or not defeat Barcelona in, in, in a hypothetical final but it's something a detail let's say indeed um, I'm going to try and get up through most of the rather silly mentions that we've had from Daniel Edwards that's English down and Gustavo and um, because they are Racing Atlanta yes they're talking about Racing Atlanta um Chris Murtagh says, do we have any idea who Banfield's new manager is going to be? Claudio Vivas has done well as interim. Has he got a chance of staying in permanently? He doesn't want, I, I, th- I heard he doesn't want to, to stay. Mm. And he, uh, he seems to be a kind of serial caretaker for Banfield. Whenever they get rid of a manager, Claudio Vivas steps up for a couple of weeks and does quite well and then steps aside for the new man. Yes, uh, but I don't, I don't think there is a clue of the, the following... Coach, as as the directives want him to continue, Claudio want to continue, and he doesn't. So, no. I I don't think of any any name. No, um, but we'll see. They've been talking about God, one or two other names. I can't remember now. And uh, if we'd had a bit more time to to research, I could have googled them. But they've they've been talking about various other names for the manager's job. But Vivas, it wouldn't entirely surprise me if they sort of take their time about bringing somebody new in and, and just sort of let Vivas do his job in the meantime um, other questions Luis Bessone asks does the esteemed Hand of Pod panel thank you very much Luis feel that the, the Copa Argentina is being taken more seriously by the Argentine media this year the only possible answer to that is no media if you mean by media you mean TV Pública yes Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, TV Pública and whatnot. I mean, they're, they're televising more of the matches than they were before on Football Para Todos. Apart from that, I don't think as the, many as people the pre- are paying much As the main clubs are not giving importance, they, 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 of course, uh, it is a new competition playing since being played since 
uh, two years uh, ago, so it's not so important for the clubs. They they see it as a well as another competition, but not that important. And, and that so that means uh, media doesn't cover the the the, the, the cup as, as as important because the clubs doesn't give importance to it. No, absolutely. Um, Luis also asks. It looks like River really are after Milton Casco now, as as we mentioned before. He says, who would Handapod recommend to replace Matthias Kranevita? Long term, the answer is going to be, probably going to be Guido Rodriguez in terms of players who are coming yes. out through the club. If River had to sign somebody else from the the Argentine Primera to replace Kranevita, I don't know. Go for? I don't think there is another uh, a player to replace uh, to replace Kranevita. I don't think and uh, and. To sign a player from a club that will be willing to sell a, a player to another Argentinian club. Mm. Sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't happen. Casco, in, in, in fact, Casco now uh, apparently was going to move to River after I don't know one year, half, two years of of, of Boca River. Then I don't. I, I, I think almost. Almost all of the, of the clubs of Primera División of First Division wanted Milton Casco. Since I, I, I as, far, as far as yeah, I'm concerned, Boca and River were supposed to be fighting over him yes. back in January, weren't they? So. Yeah, that proves that it's very difficult to sign a player from another Argentinian club. Mm. Uh, and I don't know from outside Argentina if there is. Uh, I think that when Granavita is gone, if if Lucho Gonzalez is still there. Uh, like it or not, he will be the sharing the midfield with uh, Poncio if he's still there also. Because but both of those, you would think, are going to be more sort of mentors for Guido Rodriguez or somebody of that ilk coming through, right? Because the idea has to be surely to to bring someone else through yes. to replace Granavita, unless obviously River succeed in signing Javier Mascherano for the Club World Cup. <laughs> yes, yeah, no, but he he seriously he said. That it will be strange to play against River, but uh, yeah, he he almost said no, I won't come, come back, mm. and I won't move from Barcelona, not only for go, go to River or whatever. Uh, Liam Kelly says that if they can afford him, uh, Lucas Celarachan of Belgrano could come in to replace Cranavita. I think Celarachan is more of an attacking player for me, um, and I think as I said before, uh, it's very very difficult to, to get a, a player from a, another club. From Argentina, as, as, as they, of course, prefer to sell if they have to sell, to do it to a to the foreign to the, mm. yeah. the foreign play uh, team. Absolutely. Uh, Liam also says I've noticed that Nueva Chicago play their home games at an early hour. Is there a reason for that? Um, I suspect security has something to do with it because Chicago's security situation is an interesting one. They've got two Barra Bravas. Uh, who have to be held at opposite ends of the stadium and they've got a normal section of fans who basically want to kill both of the sets of Barra Bravas because they're tearing the club apart um, and so that's a fairly unique security situation in itself but I also am not sure what the floodlight situation is at Chicago's stadium and probably um, it's got as much to do with that it, as it has with it's security. It's just in the middle of the neighbourhood uh, yeah. yes, it's, not a, it's not for example like River or it's similar to Boca for example in, in terms of how, where the stadium is situated? It's in the middle of the city, in the middle mm. of the neighborhood. Absolutely, and plus Chicago are one of the smaller sides 
So it's much easier to push them to the earlier kickoff times, which in Argentina, at least, those kind of mid-afternoon kickoffs are very much the less prime time slots because Argentines like to do everything rather later than we used to in the English-speaking world. Um, so the the, the 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 kickoff times that um, that are going to get more attention are the kind of six, seven, eight o'clock kickoffs. Obviously, now the Sunday night nine thirty kickoff by the design of the television um, and Chicago normally aren't going to fit into those. Uh, Luis is but, oh Luis says well done to Liam uh, came on against Central is he returning from injury to Salah Rashan and there's a bit of an exchange there um, there's also quite an amusing in our mentions uh, exchange between Luis and, and uh, Thomas uh, Rongen um, which you can have a look at in the Hand of Pop mentions and I'm sure you'll enjoy it I hope it's good natured <laughs> mostly um, Darren says glad to see Andres back uh, Cerro of Racing what is his best position and is Danny Dyer the biggest tool going San Lorenzo champions I'm not sure what it means about Danny Dyer um, but Francisco Cerro best position it's number 5 number yes, 2 uh, with, along with Videla I think but Videla is injured uh, it's uh, more technical than Videla I think but uh, uh, he, I think he complements well with Videla when Videla is in good form. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's more of a number uh, number five, so kind of defensive midfielder, but almost a doble cinco. So yes. sitting alongside a more defensive midfielder and, and being that kind yes. of deep line playmaker than anything I think. And he, he couldn't show it very fluently or very often in Racing, but yes, he's at, at least when he was at Vélez, he showed great uh, display of and. and, and of, of, of uh, distributing the, the, the ball I think yeah. uh, Danny Dyer is, is a complete and total tool um, I'm not quite sure what drew that comment from Darren and I don't very much doubt that Andres has a clue who we're talking about but anyway uh, and San Lorenzo champions um, as we say I, I make them favourites at this point I don't know when they'll definitely win it there are still nine games to go obviously but it is difficult to see them dropping too many points um, particularly given that River and Boca have to play each other in the extra classical round whereas San Lorenzo's extra fixture as we moaned last week is against Huracan there is then another more more of an exchange between Dan and Gustavo again I don't think any of this is at all relevant to the podcast no and now one more notification Uh, Mr. Rongan is asking who does this guy remind you of and it's a picture of Steve McLaren and on a serious note is Boca going to win it are Boca going to be the champions what kind of chance do we give them it's, it's, it's between them and Sarenzo as we have been discussing mm. uh, apparently it's, it's like that I really don't know because Sarenzo looks very good also and Boca has the Tevez doing very good but uh, apart Independently of, of him being with a back problem that was reported uh, today, and we we'll know how many if he will be available or not this uh, this weekend, but uh, with him Boca, I think he has better chances. With with Tevez going, of course, if he continues playing because he's tired, he said that he uh, against Jose Cruz uh, in the second half he was tired. He felt some felt something. Uh, some kind of exhausted 
because he didn't stop. He played the against Barcelona, the final of the Champions League with Juventus, then yeah. the Copa America, then with Boca, and he didn't stop a, a minute. No, no, he could do with some Gachardo-like rotation out of the team if he was playing for River, of course, which he isn't doing. That's his mistake, really, I think. Uh, Handapod's notifications are continuing to um, uh, to throw up a rather bizarre exchange now between Dan and uh, Thomas of just photographs of Steve McLaren. I'm not really quite sure what all of this is on about because they appear to have been doing it whilst we've been recording. Um but uh, I can't really admonish Dan for this on record because he doesn't listen to the podcast when he's not on it but uh, I wish he'd stop it anyway you're all being very naughty we can't tell you for certain whether or not San Lorenzo or Boca Juniors there's another one popping up are going to win the league title Um, but we can tell you precisely what's going to happen in the upcoming round of league fixtures so here is Mystic Sam's theme music and when when we get back from it, you're going to hear Mystic Sam's predictions for the weekend ahead. Here we go then. This weekend's fixtures are as follows, and they're going to go as follows. Newell's Old Boys versus Colón de Santa Fe. On Friday, I think is going to be a Newell's win, but probably not by much. Argentinos Juniors against Crucero del Norte. I am predicting Crucero del Norte's first away point of 2015. I think that's going to be a draw. Sarmiento versus Atletico de Rafaela is a an Atletico win. I have to think about that one for a second. Gimnasia against Boca Juniors, I think, is a draw. Which, of course, will open up the opportunity for San Lorenzo, if it happens. Although it will already have opened it up, because that presumably is going to be played at 9.30 on... Oh, no, it's being played on Saturday, so that Boca can uh, have some preparation time for... Some, oh, so that um, their international players can go away afterwards. Venice um, Southfield versus Defensa Justicia is going to be a Defensa victory. Quilmes against Temperley is going to be a Quilmes win, but again, probably not by much. Arsenal de Sarandí against Tigre is going to be a Tigre win with a bit to spare, I suspect. San Lorenzo against Banfield is going to be a San Lorenzo victory, so if I'm right about all of these, San Lorenzo will end the weekend two points clear at the top of the league. Independiente against Estudiantes de la Plata is a draw, but I think it's going to be a very good game. River Plate against Huracán, I think, is the match in which River are going to get back to winning ways. Union against... Uh, against Rosario Central is a Central victory Aldo Civi against San Martín de San Juan is a draw Uh, Belgrano against Olimpo is a Belgrano win Godoy Cruz against Racing is a Racing win for me and Lanús against Nueva Chicago I'm going for another draw Andres, any thoughts for this weekend? I will only disagree in San Martín de San Juan against Alosibi. I think they will they, they will get a, a narrow win, mm-hmm. but a win at last. San Martín? Yes. Or Alosibi? San Martín. San Martín, okay. We shall see. If Obviously, if we did know exactly what was going to happen, we wouldn't bother watching. Um, so we hope that if you're listening, that you uh, that sound that you might have just heard there was me crushing my palms together by the way it wasn't me farting right in front of the microphone um, 
if on that note we should mention our sponsors because I'm sure they'd love to be um, associated with, with fart noises in front of microphones uh, the Argentina Independent are a wonderful source of English language news, current affairs um, social commentary, photo essays and all the other kind of interesting stuff that you get on any good uh, news website from Argentina and across Latin America and all in English they support us by paying for our alcohol each month, week we should say um, how many of these have I had? I'm losing track already. Um, we really should wrap up now, shouldn't we? And you can listen to them. <laughs> Bloody hell. You can read them free of charge in English on argentinaindependent.com or follow them on Twitter at Argentina Indy, I-N-D-Y. You can't listen to them because they don't have a podcast of their own. That's just me having had one too many furnettes whilst recording. Um, we thank them very much for supporting us as ever. And for now, thank you very much to you listeners for, well, doing your thing and listening. We hope that you enjoy any football that you're watching on Thursday evening in the Sudamericano or Copa Argentina, because we should be online by then. Um, and we hope that you enjoy the weekend's football as well, and we'll be back with another episode next week. So it's goodbye from Andres. Thank you, goodbye. And goodbye from me. Goodbye. <laughs>